It's Wildy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm excited to be here today. How's everybody doing? Excellent, excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. So uh we're gonna take a different approach. I'm just gonna jump right into it. And obviously, if you paid attention to the title of the episode, you know exactly what we're gonna be talking about. So uh but I want to just do a round table really quick. So with the, the movie being Leave the World Behind, first off, uh, did you like the movie? Ooh. You want me to jump in, Brent? Yeah, you're going to take it over, bro. All right. right. So I'm, I, I'll say this. Yes and no. And as we get into the conversation, I'll give more insight. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. But there were aspects of it that I absolutely loved based on something my mom told me when I was very young. Uh, but then there are aspects that were really, really interesting where I'm not the writer, not the behind the scenes in terms of creating the concept for this movie. So I don't want to get too judgmental to say that this is why this was done. But there were certain things that stood out to me where I was like, huh, I wonder why they put that in there. I wonder why they put that in there. But again, without speculating as to why, there were things that I, it gave me cause for pause. I'll say that. But overall, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it from beginning to end. That's a good take, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the movie. I loved it uh, mainly because I, from a military perspective, for somebody, for former military perspective, a lot of the things that, you know, I witnessed and saw and had the privy to have knowledge of kind of made sense. The preparedness mindset, um, the 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 natural civilian uh, mindset of, you know, it'll be OK. You know, like when you're in the military, you realize when it, when the shit hits the fan, it's not going to be OK. Like like when, when it when it gets to that level, what we know is normal will never be normal again. And I think a lot of us especially re retirees, you know, who came in years ago and actually may have seen, you know, actual real wartime scenarios. Um, we know more than anything else and have trained our minds and our and our thought processes to be ready for that. So going into this movie, I'm going to look at it from like, like, like Dwayne asked, did we like the movie as a just a movie fan kind of guy? Yeah, it was a good I didn't know what to be afraid of. Um, I, I felt realism. I was angry. You know, I, I I didn't really ever get a sense of true happiness, which I love in movies now. I don't want to. I used to remember the days when I was younger and I wanted to just be like have a bad situation and then have the happy thing at the end and everybody go. I kind of don't want that anymore. I kind of want to be I want ambiguity ambiguity, 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 <laughs> ambiguity, there we go, ambiguity, let's go, all right, intellectual black males, um, but I loved it, I loved that about it, and I thought that the writing was really good, I thought the cast was amazing, I think that, for me, that was what was important, um, the cast and who they had playing roles, they played true to what I thought made get gave the movie its own um, sense of uh, character. Is it wasn't just you know bland everything. It was people who I think 
their face alone made you kind of at all or not like them or you know even want to like them it was just like they chose the characters very well so i liked the movie i thought it was dope i've, I've watched it i'm i'm on the third time right now i'm watching it in spanish so mm. yeah uh i said i got, got a surprise for y'all it's not me speaking spanish but I'm, I'm definitely trying to learn to read it and uh and um piece together words and stuff like that try to teach myself spanish so i was able to kind of break down what old girl was saying was saying a little bit or like even during the movie i was able to piece and say okay i can figure out what she's saying my girls look at me like Fuck. i'm like well you know i got a long ass story where i look really bad trying to speak spanish so figure the way the world's going i might want to learn another language and be fluent in it. I don't really know exactly how to feel about the movie because there's parts of it I love. There's parts of it I don't like, but I feel like that's what makes the movie good. And yes. I actually say great <laughs> because it made me connect with certain parts of reality that I love and I don't like, right? So with that being the case, I feel like the way that it was put together overall, this is a movie that I would love to try to watch with someone new every single time, hmm. just to see if oh. I got something else from it. And then also what they got from it while I'm watching it too, because I, it's not the movie that I'm like, oh yeah, this is happening. I always felt like I didn't know what was about to happen. That's, that's the kind of feeling that I got in watching it. So to be honest, there's not too many things or well, movies that I've looked at, shows, whatever, from an entertainment standpoint where I've sat down for a period of time and didn't and couldn't really predict what was going to happen, but also felt like I was in the movie as well. And they really mm. pulled that off. So Yeah, um, yeah. Hey, I want to <laughs> piggyback on that, what you were saying about... um bringing up uh like you know like things you hated about it and what kind of that's what kind of made it great it stirred up emotions in you you know what I'm saying yeah. certain things within society or whatever it was within your own life how you would respond to it how you feel a man should respond or a wife should respond or how or the kids or whatever it just made you kind of like put yourself in that situation like you said yeah. like you was in the sure. movie which those are the movies that we look back on years later and say hey that was a great movie so when people, I, I've seen some negative reviews and I'm like, all right, well, what are you missing? Is it, are you the person who's looking at the world as in, and spoiler alert, because this, FYI, we should start, let off with this. I mean, we said we we're going to break down the movie, but if you haven't watched the movie, don't listen to this before watching the movie. Go, go, go watch the damn movie and then, then come, come listen to this podcast. Yeah. yeah, then come listen to us. Um, but, you know, like that, that naive mentality. You know, it's like, oh, this ain't blah, blah, this movie. Oh, this isn't true. Like, hey, this this is that. There's a lot of things that I think we can each pick out from that, from that movie that's going to relate to something that can be part or tied to the downfall of society. Yes. Brent, watching the movie um, going on its third time, if you had to, like, really quickly, just give us a quick summary of the, I mean, I guess the premise of the, the movie. Like, what's the direction that it's trying to go into? So, I guess a quick summary. Um, 
you open you're, you open up to a couple and you know this frantic mother um and a, and, 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 a, and a caucasian woman her husband's in bed on a just an early saturday morning or something like that and she creates this whole idea of this you know vacation for her her husband her two kids they get they get an airbnb out in long island they're gonna go out there and spend just you know a nice vacation on the beach um spending time together you know rekindling just together um there's some things said that you know i think everyone should pay in, pay attention to and that the director made sure that you you uh caught by zooming in on her face and focusing on her words and stuff like that so i think that's very important but pretty much things start going crazy weird things start happening um to not give up too much too much just things that don't normally happen on beaches um you know cause for just concern and then at midnight or late at night a knock on the door and there's this gentleman that says that he's the owner of the home there's a situation in the city and you know just to feel safe he and his daughter would like to sleep in their own home with some reluctance reluctance you know they 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 they, they are allowed to spend the night and just a chain of reaction of things happen that look like something is something is something on a end of end of world scale or you know armageddon or just you know something bad is happening and these phenomenons or things that keep happening you start seeing a divide in people a divide in um in a family and then you start seeing how people have to work together but is it truly for the betterment of everyone or is it still self-preservation it just really dives into humanity technology um and then how how things can really go really south can go south really quickly and if you're not prepared mentally and physically um you will be the one of the people left behind mm, that's tough can i may i add something here real quick Dwayne? you got it so I sure hate to plug other TV shows and throw names out there, but what I realized watching The Walking Dead is that people got lost in the zombie. What they didn't realize is that show was literally about the same thing this movie was about. Yeah. When it hits the fan, how do we as people deal with it, especially yeah. as it pertains to other people? So, Dwayne, if you would ask me, how I would have summed it up, I would have said, there's always the boogeyman. That's how I would have summed this movie up. There's always the boogeyman. We don't know what it is, who it is, when it is, where it is, but there's always the boogeyman. And when the boogeyman shows his face, even if he just peeks out from behind the curtain or from under the veil, all Hades breaks loose. And this movie was 100% about that, just like some of these other post-apocalyptic shows where you, you think, like I said, watching The Walking Dead, you're just like, man, I heard so many people say, I, I got, after like season one, episode three, it's like, how many zombie hordes can you fight? The reality is, that's just the, the smoke and mirrors. That's the, <laughs> that's the distraction. The reality is, as we try to form some semblance of normalcy, what does it look like? How do we create it? And to what Brent just said, is it preservation for the greater good of all mankind or for all me kind? So, Dwayne, you were 
can we can we dive into themes now? You got it, man. Let's get it. All right. So, cause you you brought it up, Joel. So what I got from an, one of the themes that I di- I dissected from the movie was humanity versus being human, right? So, um, what is it? What is it to have you met? To have humanity, and what is it to be human? Uh, self-preservation, survival, eating, uh, hydration. Uh, those are the things that require you to be human. And when when society and things break down and we have to go back to a primitive state, do we go, is it just about being human and we've forgotten what humanity is? It's like humanity became once we became more civilized. You take away some of the luxuries in civilization people are going to revert back to what being human is because they haven't truly understand understood what humanity is giving back to, to to the fellow man creating something by giving a part of yourself if everyone if, if it's a hundred pound table and we got 10 people it's 10 pounds a person mm-hmm. see what i'm saying um and i think this did a really good job of showing the differences, you know, between like necessities, material needs, um, emotional needs, like, and then how people can break down and then come back. A good example, and this is way forward in the movie. If you look at uh, Amanda, right? She was played by uh, Julia Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. So you look at her character and how she was to Ruth, who was GH's daughter, right? Their relationship from the start was always tense. And it's because I thought Ruth was very observant. You know, she was woke to the world. She had the understanding of the new age and what, you know, what society was kind of going backwards into being. Although her father had created a a wonderful world for herself, she was still trying to find a way in a world that still didn't really, you know, let her let her be proud in her, in, in her skin you can tell by the way she when when she took off her her um her her, her robe in, in her bikini very proud of her tattoos very proud of her black skin and her frame like her hair the way she she carried herself and you can see that she was having trouble in the world where her father was able to conform because his time frame where he grew up is different like look at how we are able to maybe conform in a workplace based off of how we were we were raised and and brought up to you know manipulate ourselves to be in a in in a caucasian space where some of the kids the young men now they don't even they don't they rather not and they're very vocal about it you know like they're they're rebellious to that to a certain degree and i see that in her especially someone who has wealth you know and, and is still doing it and she recognizes you know the 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 negative tone in Amanda's voice and the looking down and the disbelief of you know like that that look like you black people own this house this yeah. has got got to be a con she recognized that and she stood against it so like it was just like seeing her and seeing her understand humanity versus being human like when she told her dad you know, trust isn't something that we just give out. That's another theme in this is trust. Yeah. You know, when the when the shit hits the fan, you just don't give away trust. It has to be earned. And then even then, it has to be valued. 
Like she was so her her role in this movie really tied it for me because I think it bridged a a millennial Gen Z gap almost because I look at her father as kind of being my age, maybe a little bit older, 50 something year old businessman who's, you know, you know, well versed, um, a successful, you know, educated in, in, intellectual handsome of course all these things and then you know he had to come up in in a world we know in the 60s 70s 80s where he's a kick, kissing a lot of ass and building and being be smarter than everybody else and working his ass off to get there you know he knows how to play those play those rooms very well so I, I i love the dynamic of her versus amanda and then tying it back in they didn't have that humanity together but when those deer were at that hut mm -hmm. and she saw this young girl who's probably never going to see her mother again and she's a mother looking for her daughter and she put herself in those in the in they, that role reversal that's yeah. what that would that was that humanity yeah. that's when being human was was second primal you know what i'm saying like, like that which ties into another theme that I have later, but you know, paternal love. But I mean, I, I kind of I, I watched it too many times, bro. Yeah, <laughs> so no, I'm on I think, three. I think it's I like good. It. you actually you pulled out a lot um, from from a theme perspective. But I, I'm I'm gonna build on that with one thing too. Well, actually two. Um, just off of your last thing with um, the humanity piece, and I, I believe her name's Amanda. Uh, Julia Roberts' character jumps in front of Ruth, the deer. Now, let's think about humans, right? I'm, I'm not trying to make too many parallels with this, but I remember Lil Boosie. A lot of people don't know, might not know if you listen to this, who Lil Boosie is. But on one of his songs a while ago, he told Michael Vick, hey, hold your head because he got locked up for the dogs. And he said, tell the judge, he kills deer. So now we're in the same situation right here where the deer are like, hey, it's our turn. We're pulling up on you, right? And, and that was more like a theme too, where we pretty much just use this whole earth for whatever we want. And because we're like the prime human being or a prime being on this earth and we walk this planet and we look at it like we have control over everything and now when all of those deer start to huddle up and team up what are we gonna do yeah you know that so, so i was reading and you said you hit that perfectly um we walk around with this facade that we're taking care of this planet and it's just this big ass lie like everything 100%. that we do every day, every person, no matter, even your recycling doesn't, the recycling that you do in a week does not compare to your carbon footprint in one day. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the craziest thing. So I, I'm not sure if it's, I think it was in the book. Cause I started reading little parts, little cha chapters from the book um, today, honestly. Um, but where she talked, she, she, like that part of the minute when she's like, I woke up in the morning and I was looking out the window and I was seeing all these people doing stuff for their lives, blah, 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 trying to just make a place for themselves in this world. And then I realized 
the truth about people and it was just all bullshit and i realized i hate people in the book it was more like you know we say i'll be doing all these things for the for the i'm saying for this world but in all and all it's just a big lie we tell ourselves as we destroy it so then it ties back in later on as a deer when they stand there and they're all just you know like you know how deer are for one they i won't say de deers don't aren't in packs but they do you know kind of flock together in a certain group but to be moving in that type of unison like that's when they're like it's almost like the, everything is flipping right. you know we're, we're no longer predators anymore and and like, they because they're actually one with nature they know when something's happening way yeah. before us right if Wait, because all the time you know so from from our standpoint the way that we know something is happening which is my other thing is at this point in time in our lives we are 100% or some people who aren't let's just say 99% dependent on technology if yep. you had to go back in this year, the year right now currently speaking is 2023 but in 2020 what do you think the world would have been like during the pandemic if we had no technology your technology right. held us together right. yeah. please believe technology held us together from a standpoint of we knew what was going on or if other people wanted to get let it be on social media or youtube just to laugh about what was happening um and get a break but if we didn't have any type of connection at all we would have been fighting with our neighbors right i mean yeah. people were already fighting over toilet paper with technology yeah right so just imagine it from that standpoint so i think about um that key piece while being locked inside the house we were so focused on well technology helped us what happens in a situation where technology is taken away and i think that that was one of the key themes where i guess it's it's now it's a, a mass crazy type of like every man for themselves going back to what you were calling out because of that and the part that hits me the most digging with, and i'm gonna pass it to you joel after this but my last point is the part that hits me the most is i think uh amanda came out and said you know she figured out what the issue was and the issue was that she hates people so if you think about the spot that she got into and the location it was away from the city pretty much out in the country to be away from people yep. and and that alone set up the premise for like everything that was happening how it was happening even the judgment around the individual who actually owned the home saying yeah. there's no no way yeah, <laughs> that you can be the owner of the home but hey that that's a theme and i think that that theme right there the racial undertone is one that we can talk about throughout the course of this discussion but i'm gonna pause right there joe i'm gonna hand it over to you hey, bro listen so i'm about to flip that on its head real quick mm. when i saw that the first thing all right so there's a couple pieces to this so 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 bear with me for just a second the first thing is the flip on the head is when I saw it, the racial implications in my mind were the zombies in The Walking Dead. Hmm. The race was the distraction. The reality was she hates people. When they were in the city, it wasn't specific to a demographic. It was people. 
but it instantly challenges us specifically people who feel like or have experienced some form of trauma oppression lack of resource whatever it is instantly it's a trigger so i first said to myself race that's that's the zombies right there in the walking dead this is the smoke and mirrors to get you off the scent of what's actually going on the second piece to that is i was like amanda julia roberts is thanos her mindset based on what we're talking about right now we've already acknowledged it multiple times we are the problem it's us and I'll give a quick story. My wife and I, we have a business. We do a lot with couples. We're all about saving the family. If we can save the family, then generally you can save the kids because they're protected, learn conflict resolution, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It kind of just feeds off itself. We were all the way out in Salina, Tennessee. It was out in the country in these getaway homes. My wife and I were out there sitting outside for hours. I'm talking it's nine o'clock in the morning. We're just out there enjoying nature open fire just sitting out there cooking doing stuff i go inside use the restroom and for for people who who know anything about being outside you come back inside and you check your clothes and what do you smell like outside you smell like outside what i realized i smelled my clothes and i was like completely bewildered i ran outside i was like baby i don't smell like outside and she's like, what you mean? I was like, I went in there. We've been out here all day. I don't smell like outside. And I learned a valuable lesson that day. Nature is pure. We're the impurity. We're the ones that bring the outside smell. It's not outside bringing it to us. So when you think about all the chemicals, all the pollution, all the plants, all the exhaust, so you talked about a carbon footprint. Think about all the things that impact the environment and where it came from. The deer didn't make that. The whales didn't make that. We made that with our technological advancement. So that was the second piece. The third piece to this, when again, we start talking about themes, I found it, I found it, in, and I'm trying not to get too far out of the head, but Brent, you talked about how we revert back to human nature, just the, the normal response, right? When Clay, who was played Julia Roberts' husband in the movie, Clay, the father, said, I'm going to I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to go into town. I'm going to get a what? News, news, news. Where they do that at? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Post Normally, what will we do? We pick phone. up our phone, we pick up a tablet, we hop on the computer, we ask Alexa, we use all the resources in front of us to get that same thing. But something innately in him was like, let me go back to the old school because all this new stuff ain't working. That was another thing to me was mm. how we naturally revert back without even thinking about. I don't, I don't, I, I didn't see that from Clay. I mean, don't get me wrong. Clay, Clay was a, he was an intellectual man, but Clay wasn't a. Another Clay thing wasn't. Clay, you know, I'm saying he wasn't. He wasn't the typical provider, and yes. in a situation where he needed to be a provider and protector, he his role was he was able to do that, but it wasn't his natural instinct. 
to a degree. I mean, protect his kids, find his kids. Of course, he's worried, he's stressed out, he's looking around. But like when when it came time to like be a hero, I, I'd yeah. say he wasn't that guy that Agreed. his wife maybe wanted him to be. Um, there's something you said about Julia Roberts, and I wanna I want I wanna make sure that and I think this is gonna. It, I don't know how much it differs from what you were saying, but I'll let you. I'll let you dissect it. I didn't take it so much. I knowing that the book slightly differs from the movie itself, guys. I'm just talking about the movie. When she said, "I hate people," I I initially kind of led with what you were thinking, and then I went to racism initially as well. And also, race does play a factor, which I think yeah. is talk is talked about and is clarified as in like those natural biases that you don't even know why you do them. Because she had an attraction for GH, she had a sexual attraction for GH. A lot of a true race. Hey, 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 hey! We are on an outline, brother. I need you <laughs> to stick with. On the <laughs> we have not got into any of that, man. You, I know you already went to three times watching it, reading the book. Let's stick with it, man. Still, let's bad, stick with bad. it. All right, Joe. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so I hear what you were saying. I just don't think I agree with that thing about the whole this people. I think she. I think when she. I think the term of her hating people, and I'm taking this from a personal therapy standpoint from mm -hmm. myself. Okay. Because I used to say that I hated people. What I hated was the things I saw in myself and other people. And later on in the movie, we talk about themes, right? Is that is the that realization is that when she started realizing she doesn't hate people, like when Ruth called her out and told her about herself and like, she was like, oh, stuck in this job and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to be like all those things. She was her life hadn't. She was hating aspects of her life, which caused her to hate people. She's watching people go out and try to be great. Mm -hmm. And in her mind, she's saying, that's sin. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah. Look, I, I was there. And now look, and I, I'm telling you, you know what I'm saying? That was, I think that was more of her realization later on in the movie. So who, who would you say the main characters are? Like if you had to, I mean, typically, obviously there's a main cast, right? But I'm thinking about the, who is this movie? Or if there's multiple, like who is this movie like pretty much built around? Who's the who's GH, one or two? For me, it's for me it's GH, Amanda, and then the daughter, the, the young daughter. So for me, I would say it's Rose. Rose yes, thank you. Oh, uh, so I would say it's more with Ruth, Rose, and Amanda, the the women. I think the men in the story, especially Archie. Archie has no place. He's literally. He's the, yeah. he's he's filling. I mean, not, not not in a bad way, but he has his role. He has like the mouse, all of, all that thing with the teeth and all that stuff is it's ties into what's actually happening in the movie. I think that's what another thing we haven't really addressed what's actually happening. But that's like right, I said, cool. there is a no, that's cool. timeline. So like, let's just dig into the character. I think we talked about Amanda a lot, right? And I'm pretty sure there's so much more that we could have just a whole episode on Amanda and what some people. Um, before watching this movie, may have associated with the Karen. Karen. I'm just keeping a book. I'm just keeping. I call her. Right I call her. I call her Closet Karen. That's her okay. nickname. Um, and and truthfully, 
the similarities with that Amanda and Karen piece is I know a lot of Karens that would go for a GH. Um, but anyway, let me just get to the other characters, right? Because <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, there's m multiple rabbit holes we'll probably go down in this conversation, but from a, a character standpoint, I think Brent, you actually had a really good breakdown when you were talking about who GH was in this in this movie. Also, uh, Ruth and the Gen Z, like you know, her being proud of who she is. And to be honest, I don't think I don't know where um, GH would land as far as. Uh, from a generational standpoint, but he being my whatever I am. What do you say, millennial or Gen X? Yeah, I mean her. her, her yeah, whatever. I think I'm. A, I think I fall in the millennial category still. Yeah, you do. I yeah, mean, so about five yeah. years ago you didn't, or ten years yeah. ago. But then you know they keep changing it. But you are you're a millennial. Shit, so. Um, so let's just say he's a millennial. Um, yeah. and, and if that's the case then I don't, I think it's a little tough for him to take that approach because obviously what he had to do when he was coming into an adult to take the same approach as a Gen Z um, and he's a little bit more, um, Joey used this word in the past, indoctrinated um, as far as like his approach to yeah. human yeah. interaction. Um, yeah. And, I, and I actually, I, you know, I mean, it's a, I think it's a good thing too, right? So that's another conversation that if you want to go back and listen to previous episodes we definitely talked about that um but that's gh's character you talked about that when you talked about rue um i do want to hear a little bit more about yeah, i think it's archie yeah mm -hmm. so archie can I, and rose and i don't even know if you want to bring up the son if you feel like he has any impact. yeah that's archie so let me give it right quick so this is what i broke down the six characters i have gh as hidden in his own sophistication I got Clay, who is the husband of Amanda, as a regulated man. Amanda as a closet Karen. Ruth as a, as vividly observant. Archie as a mama's boy, and Rose as a product of a gener of a future generation. So those are the titles, and if and, and I can tie those characteristics with each one of those characters. And we talk about Archie. Archie's a son who is really kind of disconnected. You know, he's in his own world. He ha he hasn't really been taught how to be a man by his father. You know, um, he 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 depends on his mom. When he lost his teeth, I'm not saying that that would, that wouldn't have been me, but the way he curled up in her arms, you know, and the way he just looked for support, and he he was just he didn't know what was happening. He had no as a 16, 17 year old boy who has you know all these things. He just he just showed me somebody who was like, when he asked his mom, we're, we're gonna be okay, right? Like he was still a child. He wasn't. He wasn't in that when when at those teenage boy years. And I think his character really lacked any true substance, and it just kind of showed what a lot of you know. Teenage I don't want. Yeah. Yeah. Today. Yeah. They lack substance today. Accurate. Yeah. So I mean, I've got one. So it's true. <laughs> so when you when when I look at Archie, that's what I'm gonna see. His character didn't really have even when he was there to protect his sister. He 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 chose to take that that position like I'm saying lightly. It wasn't as important as it should have been. Knowing how yeah. knowing how sensitive she is, you know what I'm saying, and knowing how alone she feels in that situation, he chose. And with them being secluded and things going bad, he never changed. When she at yeah. when she bared herself to him, you know what I'm saying, like, and that just shows like 
like the heartless part of it. I want to add where, where you learn that from that that I kind of picked up from the characters and the, the children of different families. What I noticed, mm. at least what it seemed like with Archie was just mad privilege. Yeah. Right. He didn't have to worry about a lot of things where you look at. And the reason why I'm saying that is his family, his family dynamic. And then you look at Ruth, her family and her family dynamic, but she is like so socially aware or like, you know, like what's going on in the political climate, what's going on in the world to the point where, uh, you know, she has to sit around and say, hey, what's my dad really talking about? Are you sure this is what's going on? Are you sure everything's going to be just fine? Because she, mm-hmm. I guess she, she's gotten to the point, even though she's been to college and things of that sort. So there is an age gap. I just noticed that her level of awareness has, well, was heightened compared to somebody that I felt like may have, I mean, it seemed like Ruth had it made, bro. Like, just be real. Like, she seemed like her life was made. But even yeah. as a rich person of culture, I'm talking about financially had it made. As a yeah, rich yeah, person yeah, of culture, sure. yeah, sure. she she still had to be aware of a lot more um, and what was going on in the world. And her, her alertness was, like, she was sharp. You know what I mean? Like, she had to make sure that she wasn't being tricked into anything or like, you know, she had to stay on her P's and Q's where my boy Archie was just like, she would ever come to me, I'm going to take it. You know, (laughs) I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. She was also, and I'm not going to use it. I'm I'm not going to use the final part of this term. She's a boss. You know what I'm saying? Like she understood. She's like, hey, why are we sleeping in the basement of our house? Like, yeah. The I way mean, the social like, dynamics, you know, right? There. Yeah, the like so, she social economic status, all of that. Like, look, man, we're at this point in time, these people and what's going on in the world, we had to come home. Like, obviously, they came home from what was it, the ballet ball or whatever it was. Ooh, opera, yeah, it was, she, she, opera, you know, yeah. opera, right? There you go. See, it's all the same thing to me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I get you, like, I would dress right. the same to all of that, right? So, um, that's what I'm saying. But now, Joel, I think you were going to say something too, so I'm gonna just get off this point and go. But I do feel like you know, coming from that and knowing that this is where they decided to be and leaving that situation, knowing that the home was rented, like her, her level of awareness was like way different. And she was like, I just can't take what people say. And then just believe it anymore. And I think she recognized that. And that's, that's actually good to know at a young age. Because, yeah. I mean, I think we're still learning that. Even though we probably, you know, depend on <laughs> our <laughs> our neighborhoods and things. And so you're like, yeah, I don't believe what they say. Right? But um, I think it was cool for her to understand it. And also peep the scene and, and stay alert and aware. What were you going to say, Joe? So so this is this is a I love this segue because this goes back to what I was saying earlier. And and Brent, I know that um, it, it gave you cause for pause slightly for a second, but I'm gonna say it again. This is exactly what I'm talking about when I say the race dynamic is the zombies in The Walking Dead. Because what I have not heard said just yet about her, Ruth, the one we're giving props to, is how ridiculously disrespectful she was in terms of asking this grown man had he ever had sex with a student then 
flipping it and having the same conversation with her daddy to say, yeah, he wants to F me. I do not blame her at all. You are testing the people. I'm putting, I am that, putting you, this is what I'm you talking have about. to this stay is what we do in my life. home. <laughs> no, what do you mean? Yeah, White people do it to us all the time. Joe, you are insane. You're going to let some, it's is my house. This ain't your house. You are, you are a guest here. For one, your wife would disrespect, disrespect me the whole time I'm here. I really don't trust you. You have a nice, ma nice white man face, but you also could be just one of them white men. They're going to take our house and kick us out. I don't know you. So I'm well, going to throw tidbits out that. there. I love the way she did I, that. That was I, smooth. I, she set him up. I, I do have a, I do have a, a question about that uh, because I don't want to agree or disagree. I want to understand. Joe, when you say that you have a thought about it, like what was your issue towards it? Was you was it just the disrespectful nature of the question, or like talk to me through your understanding of where you felt like that was a level of concern for you? Yeah. So for me, anytime, so we're looking at a couple of different things. We were talking about the difference between her and Archie. Yeah. Clearly, there's an age difference, so that means there's a maturity level difference as well. With the experiences that she's had as a college student, a young woman, her eyes are going to be open to different things. But what we, you guys have heard of the affluenza team. When there's a certain level of affluence, it kind of numbs you to certain instances or aspects of reality. We saw that manifest in the way she interacted with other people, just like other people interacted with her. So what I'm saying is, when I'm talking about the distraction of the zombies for us, and I'm, I'm not even saying us, us three, but culturally, uh, specifically when I'm talking about it, I'm talking about the work that I do every day is working with us predominantly, 95%. The distraction of the zombies is the lead for everything. Every issue that exists in our community, we look at the zombies. It's always the zombie. And when I'm looking at this, for this young, refined, financially blessed all aspects of life taken care of outside of the one which is any racial component that could have existed in her life can kind of take her off of that track a little bit what i'm suggesting is as refined as i am what happens when the stuff hits the fan and we devolve as human that's when i feel justified to say certain things when I'm talking to my parent and things devolve, I feel justified to say certain things. I'm saying that we oftentimes pedalize or put people up on pedestals out of familiarity and bias because it's more comfortable based on historical context. And in this movie, there's only so much historical context we have because we don't know anything about Ruth's upbringing. We don't know anything about her interactions with other cultures. We only have this one isolated interaction. And because of that, we can justify and validate her behavior. If my daughter ever talked to anybody, black, white, brown, yellow, red, pink, that way I'd have a problem. If my can daughter you, ever felt comfortable enough to I, talk to me, can I ask you the way, as soon as I finish, absolutely. If my daughter ever felt comfortable enough to say what she said to her father, I would feel like there's something that I failed at as a father. Yes, sir. How old is your daughter right now? Seven. So, Ruth's been to college mm -hmm. and left college. We're assuming she's 
able to drink probably in her 20s probably look, look about 20 22 23 okay um in context of the movie let's let, let let's be more realistic her privilege has led her to live a life that she's going to talk to a lot of people that way so i mean looking at it from your perspective i understand but from the movie perspective who she is there's people like that in this world right now white black asian hispanic of privilege that talk to grown people any kind of way there are kids in your community right now who are not privileged that talk to grown people any kind of way i understand your daughter won't do it but in the movie context her from the first time you meet her she lives up to her character in her privilege and in her right the same way she talked to that man while he was smoking weed with a 20 some year old girl i would that's a question that you would ask in the in, in the times in the time of the end when you think the world is ending i want to know the person who i'm around and if my if my 16 year old daughter asked that i may have a problem with it but if my 24 year old daughter or son asked, if it was your 24 year old son would you feel different nope absolutely not but that's me i'm about to, I'm about to yeah. just jump in real quick um, yeah, jump in. But well, the reason reason why is because I think what we've transitioned the, the conversation to is the the next piece, um, which uh, is a societal and cultural reflections. Mm -hmm. So so here's the one thought that I have with it. Like I don't want to look at the movie. I feel like, like I said, there were some things that I loved about the movie. There were some things that I didn't like, and with that, it made me enjoy the movie even more because it brought together real life and if i had to look at it as you're leaving the world behind or the end of the world type of scenario and roof coming up i don't have that relationship with my kids where they can say something like that to me um like what though that's what i'm trying like, to think like that, what like somebody wants a, a, a man my age wants to f them uh, or oh, use the word use the word use the word fuck like say hey dad i think this dude wants to have sex with me like if 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 faith that's, that's what i'm asking like well, when you say that, yeah i mean that's it right there bro like i'm yeah. just yeah, he's like that's the that's the scenario so with that being the case I, like i don't have that that type of connection or relationship um with my my oldest kid is 12 so i don't have that relationship with my little sister to where she <laughs> say that to me you know or at least not not just as open and blatant and I think that uh, from a societal standpoint, we have to keep in mind if Ruth is this age, let's say 22, I'm going to say max 24. Let's just say max 24. Um, mm -hmm. She's lived and, and come into adulthood in times of Me Too, in times mm -hmm. of um, Harvey Weinstein, in mm -hmm. times of women empowerment. So you're seeing somebody grow and not have to forget how things once were being told this is how it is. This is how it's going to be. So with that, her approach to life, her approach to uh, maybe even a college professor, because he is a 
well, I don't know if he's a professor or just a teacher, but he's from that standpoint, yeah. you know, coming out of college, she's probably seeing cool professors and be like, okay, for some reason, this person is just a little bit too cool. And then this person has a background. So I don't know if it had anything to do with man let me just put it like this man i just wanted to say that right from a societal standpoint i think that going back the last five years going back the last eight and think about how we came up going coming into adulthood the last eight and anybody that's in from between the age of 16 to 24 i believe that they are just totally different in their approach especially when you talk about your daughter being or would I let my daughter be mentored by a certain type of female rapper obviously mm -hmm. I'm gonna say no right but mm -hmm. they're being mentored by them every day and listening to music and listening to how they're talking about you know their life that's one the other point that I was gonna bring my goodness I don't well I'm gonna pause right there because I I, I, I was a little long-winded does anybody have any thoughts on what I just shared as far as from a like putting ourselves or that hat on where Ruth is in the time right now. That's what yeah. I said from the very beginning though. She's not the typical, she she is a grown, like proud black woman. The way she talks about her mother and her mother's education and looking at her father, there's no way she wasn't top of her class type. You know what I'm saying? Like, or had the ability to, you know, like, looked at as having top potential type young lady like um i don't think that her parents the way her dad reveres her mom the way she talks about her mom the way her mom is educated i don't think that she would go through life you know what i'm saying being a vagabond type young woman living off her parents money so with that being said is the same vigor that if um i, I think people would understand if a person of wealth who is caucasian was very dismissive of someone who was renting their house and said hey get the fuck out this is my house i'm sorry the world's going to shit you got to leave and no one would think twice the fact that you know she walked in her house and, and felt gilded set off that black girl magic that grown woman or not say black girl but in her case black girl magic and she was like, no, nah, I'm not taking this. I don't like the way this is going down. And she had that distrust you talked about in that first, when that theme of distrust. And she kept trying to find ways to solidify her distrust the same way Amanda did. Cultural and, and societal. One more thing, just to jump in real quick. I'm sorry, Joe, I saw you about to say something. Um, cultural and societal. GH established. Mm -hmm. His brand matters. Not not just to the millionaires and billionaires his brand matters to the people that he could pretty much refund them double the amount they paid get the hell out right he that's that's his cultural and societal makeup based off of his his stature in his business and his professionalism now also millennials or not really millennials gen zers where they could be TikTok famous and don't have to work for anybody for the rest of their life. They're going to say what they want, do what they want. You know, their approach is, I'm in your face with yeah. it versus having some level of tagged or um, professionalism or just manners. <laughs> I guess simply what you would call manners. So I just wanted to call that piece out where he's like, well, you know, these people, if we rented a home, 
or they're rich if we rented a castle you know i would still want what i paid for right <laughs> uh, no matter what the situation is so i think he was looking at it from that perspective yeah. to the point where he even gave him a thousand dollars um but go ahead joe what are you gonna say I, I was just gonna say i love the the shift or the transition to the so the societal norms part of this because a societal norm is directly connected to this part of the conversation where we don't have a name for Ruth, but how easy is it for call us to call Amanda a Karen? To me, that's what's disingenuous about the part of the conversation is that we're so easily able to point the finger over here and say, oh, this person is a Karen. They bad for this. But this girl can exhibit any type of behavior and we justify it. We validate it by saying, oh, she's a part of this generation. This is what their experience is. So this is the norm. No, it's not the norm. Respect is a is a norm or at least it should be and i don't care what age or what race what gender what ethnicity none of that plays a part in when i'm looking at it so there's the movie part of it which is so this is why it's a great conversation because the movie part is it's entertainment it's not really real in sense of what we're watching that may not be happening but the the scenarios and the nuance around it is happening every day how do people that watch it how do they interact with it? And what I'm suggesting is, as we're interacting with it collectively right here, it's, for me, it gets too easy to make justifications based off of what we're comfortable with and to call out stuff that we're uncomfortable with, similar to the behaviors we saw displayed in front of us on the show. So that that's where I, where I wanted to kind of make sure, because I'm not a for or against on either side, but I'm like, I try to be as very, as, as, as as right down the middle, non-judgmental about what I'm seeing and experiencing it first as I'm trying to be, I can easily say, hey, I can't do this on this side if I'm not willing to do it on this side. Yeah, I will say this, at least from, you know, just my initial thought, just knowing how the world is. I do feel like there is a name for Ruth. I don't think it's talked about amongst us. <laughs> She's the angry black girl. <laughs> okay, so like that, I, that's I, what the white girls call her, the angry black girl. But well, well, maybe I, I, I'm I'm with maybe. them. I've, I've been that's what, no, that's literally what they call an angry black woman and the angry black girl. Well, well maybe so. Than, I yeah. mean, and also they could probably be calling them, you know, uh, a name from the trust ghetto, you know, or, 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 you know. Yep, there, there we go. That's right? what I'm saying. Like we keep making it again. The race that's the zombies from The Walking Dead. We can't get away from that. She comes from privilege. When we look at the world in a much broader perspective, Dr. King didn't get killed until he started getting both groups together. At some what? point, we got to stop looking at the race first. And societally, where do you fall in the socioeconomic ladder? They are up here, which means that there's a whole bunch of poor white folks, Mexicans, Asians, Africans. Below that, they're looking up like this rich person. They don't get it. Why can't it just be that? I'm not saying it is right, but why couldn't that be the first thing we go to? That's so are you saying. are you more frustrated that the the show specifically called out because if, what what we're talking about, what I'm talking about specifically is that she Ruth specifically said the last the, excuse me, the last person you trust is a white person. You know what I'm saying? Like or just like or just just trusting a white person, just freely giving out trust. Like she made it very clear that when shit hits the fan, how are they going to look at us? Mm -hmm. Not us as 
rich people who own this beautiful house, but us as dark skinned people. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about like, you know, her privilege and, and, and all this, I get it. And the name Karen that we can associate to Amanda and we can associate vividly observant from the very beginning of the story. When he stood there, she was very rude to them. Her husband, Clay, was nice. And asked for the ID you, and, and everything. Yeah. yeah. If you notice, if you notice from the very beginning, Ruth's interaction with Clay were always warm. Even when they were smoking weed, yes, it was flirtatious. And she was trying to set him up to see where he was going to go. She offered him marijuana, but it was never disrespectful in this term of like being rude. Disrespectful is he's an adult. Why are you asking him these kind of questions? Why are you trying to bait him? That's fuck that's messed up but her interactions with clay were always kind because he showed her respect the one person who didn't show her respect was was amanda so my question to you is do you give respect when your when respect has been, has been has been denied to you i used to that was my thing i'm gonna keep giving it i'm gonna keep giving it then i realize if they don't deserve it they don't get it so how do you feel about that that's my question You want me to jump in, Dwayne, real quick to answer that first? Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay, cool. I just didn't want to jump. Um, so I, I love what you're saying because I think that's super important just on a conflict resolution, mental, emotional awareness perspective. Everybody has to see exactly where they fall in that spectrum. I, my number one pet peeve is disrespect. That's my number one pet peeve. And I felt like, Amanda was very dis so I, I didn't want to jump out ahead, but I felt like Amanda was very disrespectful to her husband more than she was disrespectful to anybody else in the movie. Well, now we can get into that. But obviously, my point with that is if she's this way with her husband, why in the world would you expect her to be different with some strangers? So for me, when I saw it, that's why I'm saying like I never connected race. Even though race was implicated, I felt like that was the distraction because all it takes for us, like I talked about at the very beginning, the boogeyman, what is the boogeyman? It could be race. Yeah. It could be, and I'll say this real quick. Did you notice that they spoke on five different countries in this movie? Yeah, on purpose. But that was, China, but that's, but, Korea, you know, but that's nothing Russia, to do with the race. Though, I, you know that, right? It's not. No, no, no. My point is okay, yeah. the boogeyman aspect. Those three of those are part of BRICS. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Three of them are part of BRICS. For mm -hmm. Americans, those that's the boogeyman to think about any one of them and what could possibly happen. My point was they made race a part of the boogeyman in this. And then we see when humanity is pushed up against the wall, what happened? She jumped in front of this little girl, even though her daughter was missing. Well, I think that's what we're trying to get to is like, mm -hmm. I think the, the and this is this is what's important. Everybody who listens to this is I know it's it's been kind of contentious a little bit, but it's because we have to. Joe, you and I think you do this well. You have looked past the history a little mm -hmm. bit because you, you understand it and you know that the need for change within the community has to be from a place where we're looking towards the future and we're building within for now now and towards the future the problem is, is a lot of people do not resonate with the past if you don't know your history you're doomed to repeat it and this movie i think did a good job of 
really identifying someone who hasn't forgotten the past because the same bad people who are in who are in power and created the system that has that we're that we're working with in our communities to dismantle and deconstruct and create young minds who will not fall traps to it and learn to use it to better themselves and their and their families that same those same people when the system falls have the influence to rally again and create those type of systems even more powerful even more dangerous so let me real quick if you don't mind the because i don't disagree with any of that i'll say this from my perspective only not a right or wrong but just my perspective that what you're saying if that was the intention the messaging would have hit so much harder if it was pookie and ray ray that were coming well, to that I, house i'm, I'm not i'm not gonna lie it was i think it would have been great if it was I don't, i'm not even gonna say this because i don't want to get ate up online for this say what you gotta say man no it, this ain't midnight madness first of all so this is this is a wild day yeah, let's 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 keep it keep it keep it keep it clean um but no i i think it would have been different for sure i think this gave us they tied it back in at the end man they said it you know it's like it's those small things that we don't even know why we do them mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so like although the story ties it to race because that's what it's meant to tie it to joe is tied it's meant to tie it to that because it's saying these small things that we don't even know why we do it it's just these everyday things that they put in our heads that we know aren't true but yet when you stand in the door i doubt and that's not who i want to be and that's what this world has created that's why i hate people because the hidden thing is is that no matter what we say no matter how great we think we are those small things that the world has put in our put in our head through whatever it is through all this technology all the things that we love things that we don't have anymore right created doubt yep so and, it ties back I'll, into you say we, but look what happened she jumped right in front of her once <laughs> once once she got to the realization she got out of i wrote it down it's called um the ind individual worldview versus versus the actual worldview once she got out of her individual worldview and started seeing the actual worldview you met her humanity came in that's when the nah! <laughs> yelling and all that shit you know what i'm saying so i'm with you like but we had to build to this because you see like the same thing is like we got to talk about it because it was thrown in there to be shown people it's there it's in every single person you know what i'm saying you gotta know sermon. it I was my bad, bro. I heard you. I, no, no, because you said individual. But you, the way you break it down, you break it down like you, you uh, building out a text sermon. In the text. I'm just letting you know, man. You know, you, you know, you know who you are. You know, you know what the words are on you. You know what I'm saying? So he he keeps on building it out. Joel doesn't know, but you know, um, sooner or later we're gonna have the Kyle Brent pastor. Uh, sooner or later, you know. Not Pastor Cavassier though. Hey, Pastor. Hey, yeah. All right, so, but hey, I think one of the things that y'all called out, it also brings into, uh, like, I guess my question segues into the next piece, which I feel like we were on the, on the the, the tip of the iceberg, at least touching it just a little bit with the psychological aspects. I do feel like 
based off of the direction of the movie, they they pumped a lot of racial elements. Yeah. And and not it's Joe, you hit it on the nail on the head when you said we're seeing these individuals in this moment. We don't know what their experiences were before this moment. So they're bringing all of these world experiences in and life experiences in to this one time in this household or in this these woods in this country. And we're seeing it over the course of, I don't know, was it all, was it two, two days, hours, three days, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know? So um, here, here's my thought as, as we continue to build on that piece. And I'm going to go outside perspective and then go right back into the movie. But there's a big push. I don't know, maybe I would say a little bit before the pandemic, but really hit hard during the pandemic um, for diversity, equality and inclusion at first. And then um, I think it's called diversity, equity, inclusion. Some people add the belonging piece on there. Um, Mm -hmm. So so my thought on that element of the conversation of our world that we live in now what are some of the reasons that that even exists today you're talking about the the heavy push for the dei or die depending on who you're asking you you know i mean and this is now no right or wrong answer right 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 right. thought process perspective yes so from my perspective as a person who actually worked and, and oddly enough for people who don't know this is how me and you came to be connected in the first place talking through these types of conversations so so in my humble opinion we live in a time now where it is so scary and I, i'll say this i got to give a quick story to come back to give my perspective i was talking to a older white woman i'm gonna say she was late 50s early 60s she was over a child care facility And what she said was, the times are so different. We're having such a difficult time in terms of bringing on younger talent because this young talent mentally, emotionally are different. You have to be careful with what you say. You have to be careful with how you interact with them. Next thing you know, they're they're quitting, they're getting their parents involved and it escalates into this thing and all because they didn't agree with the fact that you wanted them to come to work on time. And they didn't like the way you said it. Now, you, whether it's misgendering or misidentifying, whatever it is, there's so many things that we have to be afraid of now. We live in a time right now, today, where you are not allowed to, to stand on a principle that goes against a societal norm or a standard that's been created in the last five minutes. So when I'm watching this movie as a great example, We talked about Amanda a little bit. And yes, there are racial undertones in this. But for me, it was very supportive of a strong woman. I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm driving my wife and I, the kids in the back, and we're on the freeway and a bunch of cars are stopped on the road and my wife says, stay here, I'm going to get out and check this out. It's a problem. My wife better not fix her mouth to say something like that. Not because she's incapable, uh, hey. but say, because hey. it is my duty as the leader, protector of this family to be the one to sacrifice myself. I'm not going to let her sacrifice But Joe, but Joe, Joe. Have... May I finish? May Joe. I finish? I didn't get to finish. You no, know but no, I want you to finish. I want you to say this. 
understand this. She was the leader and protector of that family. That and that's the problem. That's the problem. Well, were you gonna were you gonna say something else? Cause I don't want to yeah. catch you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So so I agree hundred percent. He was not. Why was that? So when I say I love the movie, but I hated it, that's one of the parts that I hated. That they showed this man as just this weak beta male in intellect. He got all this intellect and sharing all these random facts from time to time. But when it comes down, like Brent said earlier, to being the hero or the superhero of this family, you pity, he couldn't bro. show up. You pity, he couldn't bro. show up. And I, you pity, I bro. To your well, my bad. Go ahead. No, no I'm just saying. No, that was no, that was I, that's I, a crazy I, take. I like no, and I think that it's a really good point. But I also, I look at that and like I said, some of the things that I like, some of the things that I, I don't like and it didn't resonate with me was that because all my life, I've been pretty much brought up to take that lead. To your point, my wife wouldn't be able to say, sit here, let me check this out. Because before no she way. says it, I'm already out the car. I'm already doing that's, it. You know what I mean? So, so I, I agree with you. Um, the part that also connects with me a little bit more is I don't think everybody's supposed to be like that though right so whatever works for and the reason why I say that is I mean I don't agree with what happened however if that's the dynamic for their family and that's what works I need my wife personally to tell me hey let's take a trip you know, and then, hey, this is where I want to go because sometimes my head is down. So I think that's that lead that she took. And even yeah. to your point, going back about Archie, um, the mom being the lead in the family because the dad's freaking out like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't have that nurturing spirit. He lost his teeth. I don't know what he's been eating. I don't know if he's been brushing his teeth. I don't know. My teeth <laughs> good. I'm older than him. You know, I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> like, so, I, mean, some, I mean, think about that from a perspective of Yes, this man is an intellect, um, but from a nurturing standpoint, I know parents, well, let me take it, say it differently. Fathers today, that when they watch their kids, they call it babysitting. These are your kids, bro. Like, what do you mean? I've never heard, I've never heard a father say that. I've not either, but I've I've heard of people texting. Person, yeah. I've heard yeah. of I've and Wayne. I need you to be honest with me because I think I've said that to people too. But when I look back, I'm like, man, I've never heard an actual father that I know and that I hang out with say I got to babysit my kids. I've always heard of somebody else's saying, "Oh, he got to well, babysit his so, kids." So let me or tell you, blah, let me blah, tell you blah. the words that. Let me tell you the the word the exact word choice. I gotta watch. I'm watching the kids. I'm watching the babies, or I'm on baby duty. Yep. And, and either way, let's think about it. When a mom is with their kid, they're not on baby duty. They being a mom. Yep. That's what <laughs> I'm trying to say. No, no, I, no. I'm with you. No, no. no I, I, and I, I, hey, hey, look, everybody listening. I don't hate. I hate because we we are vibing right now. The reason I said that, because I was just like, damn, I've never, I've never said that. I've never actually heard a nigga say that shit. That shit sounds crazy to me. <laughs> like, it might, hey, what you doing? Hey, I'm with my kids tonight. Like, my homie hit me the other day. He was like, hey, trying to go? I'm like, I can't. I'm with the kids tonight. I'm hanging out with Braden and the ride. I'm going, we're going to do this. And All right, I cool. Think that maybe to your point, though, 
like the way that sound is more like he's trying to let his people know he has a real reason for not kicking it with you. Mm-hmm. But I also, oh, for me for sure, yeah. You know, you know, and I get that, but I also think about it from a, a nurturing standpoint. Like I'm gonna be honest, man, I got way better over the years. Hell but yeah. there was a point in time where I was trash. I'm, I'm gonna just say it like this: it wasn't even with with my kids. It was with the house. Period. We would have company over, and I would go to my wife and I'd be like, "Hey, uh, we got a paper towels. Where the paper towels at?" It's like I don't know. I didn't know where anything was in my house, and I don't know why it was like that. And my wife, she looked at me because people was around, man. Like, <laughs> True story. We're gonna get to the movie. Man, we'll go back right back to the to the movie <laughs> yeah. after this. But she looked at me, and people were because people were around, and she she gave me a nice little look and said, "You know, you live here too." I said, "Never again." I got it. You know, I got because it. <laughs> it's like I'm not visiting in my own house. I should know where things are, you know. <laughs> but when I think about that's real though. I think about Clay and I think about how he Julia Roberts or Amanda, she looked like she didn't give him a chance to think about certain nah. things, you know. Nah. So because of, nah. he's like, hey, I'm gonna sit back, whatever you want, whatever you want to do, because I'm not trying to argue, I'm not trying to fuss. Obviously, you feel like you got it. And that's what makes you feel great in this relationship. I'm going to let you get it. So that's so, why I would say the dynamic piece, everybody doesn't have to be, that's a long way to, to say it. No, hopefully I got that was a wonderful, like that was that. a wonderful way of doing it. However, however, this is the point that I'm always trying to make. That is, is very, that is a very right there in the middle point that you made. But earlier we talked about Archie and he was literally defined as a mama's boy on this call. My he point. Is. So my point is this: the only way a boy becomes that way is he was nurtured to be that way, and the nurture comes from the situation he grows up in. So I can't sit up here and say, "Oh, this is whatever floats your boat," and then this the outcome of that situation that's floating your boat. Oh so no, you no, no, no! One I'm side you, no, I I don't like I I don't like how Archie's growing up, but. That's that's on his parents and it's on his father, and 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 on him when he becomes a grown ass man to look back and say, hey, this is how I was raised. This is my these these are my pit my shortfalls. You know what I'm saying? Like like know your matrix, my guy, and then and move on from that. This is not a but this is a, it's a true fact. He's a mama's boy because of how he's being raised. Absolutely. Um, and is that right or wrong? Time will tell. It may make him more in tune with his emotions make him find a he he i mean we don't know how i don't i'm not trying to judge look at me who am i okay Dwayne was a mama's boy until he was like 12. i'm he'd still a, a mama's boy bro I, you know what i'm saying just, i just admitted it to somebody like at like, the beginning of the month yeah i'm still a mama's boy no I mean, because how, how do you grow out of it unless you say i hate my mama now you know I'm, so i'm saying like yeah. Dwayne, like we our dynamic he grew up I, I went away. We everybody's heard the story. I went away live with my dad with with our dad for a while in the islands. Dwayne stayed with mom and and my, and my sisters. But with that, he always had a a tight relationship with my mom. Always has. Um, but maybe if my dad never came, if we stayed over there, he would have been a super mama's boy. But I mean, he has he had a male figure in his life, which showed him some things. Whether yeah. whether. Whatever they were, he they show he showed him some things that gave him some masculine traits, and he he built on whatever he didn't have 
or whatever he didn't receive from from our father he got it from somebody else and then he built whatever he needed for himself to become a man with through study through you know prayer through whatever my brother did he became a man with or without our parents he would have done that and i, I believe that so i'm not faulting archie what i really want to talk about and this is the true thing is clay's inability to voice himself in his relationship that's what was more and it wasn't like i don't i don't i don't i loved julia roberts strong i i really i did i never saw her as racist i, I wanted to make that very clear from the very jump i know i said there was the certain things and this skeptical, the movie had the, yeah skeptical very skeptical and and she had biases you know what i'm saying that were tied maybe tied to race but never a racist um and with that being said i just loved her strong like she take charge like when Dwayne said, you know, he he doesn't know, like, I don't know what it's like for a woman to tell me, my wife to tell me, or my girl to tell me, stay in the car, I got this. You know what I'm saying? Unless there's a female outside talking reckless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got this. Right, you know what I'm saying? It's right. the only time. go pop off. She ain't got to look at me. I'm already outside the car. So I agree mm -hmm. with you. That's not how we were raised. Our level of masculinity, I, I, who we see ourselves as men, we view ourselves different um, than some people may you know what I'm saying, view what a man should or should not do. But with his situation is, is he, he understood who he was with. She was stronger than, than him. And when he, when she needed him to be strong, needed him to step up or just get the, get, get active. He took the opportunity. That's, I mean, literally like, think about that. She was like, I don't I mean, he's like, I'll go, I will go. I will get, and I will get information. I will, I will figure this out for us. He said, yeah. for us, that yeah. was what I, when, that line was important to me well, because he wasn't, he was a, he was a regulated man because he knew that she, not uh, un unregulated means you always going to be the, oh, you got this at all times. You know what I'm saying? And when you, you can be real then, but you're not, you're not, you're not really, really regulated. He was on a leash to per se, but she needed him to step up. And he was like, hey, I'm ready, baby. Here, let me go. I got it. You know what I'm saying? And he did what he had to do. Did it faulty. He wasn't the best at it, but he 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 got active. So that's why that's why I gave him that title. And I wanted to just I don't want to shit on Clay because being a useless man and knowing it, but still being a loving man, you shouldn't you shouldn't be hated for that, bro. Ooh, to a certain degree. I'll say I'll say this. Um, there are a lot of people left out of Clay. And maybe because, you know, we don't normally lean towards that. But um, Clay showed that he was fairly open to um, Black America <laughs> with the situation. I, I would say that just Woke. bringing the bringing the the race piece, and it could be because he's a college professor, um, mixed classes, and things of that sort. But I'm not sure if y'all paid attention to this part of it. When he was on the way, and he made that stop in the road. And the yes, Spanish sir. woman, and he was like, "Like I want to help you," and he even felt guilty because he's a person that wants to help. He is. He has that type of care for spirit, but he's like, "I don't understand what the hell you saying," and the world seemed like it's about to end. I got to get the f out of Dodge, and that's what I felt like. And then I think that that was the piece where it was like, "Oh, it seems like Joel." To your point, it's like at this point in time, it's 
it's me against the world. You know, if I don't understand what you're saying, then I'm going to figure out how I can go into survival mode. And then it's um, The Walking Dead. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't know what her situation was, but we couldn't understand. Oh, I know. It, so what would you I know, do? I know, know. I know. I know what her situation was. Oh, you was on the Spanish. That's why you looking at it in the Spanish, man. <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what was it? Tell me, because I, I didn't catch it. <laughs> Translation. All right. Thank God I found someone. I'm trying to get back to my home. I'm lost. I've been walking for a while. I need to use your phone. You're the first person I've seen all day. We have to get out of here now. Okay, understand? She's yelling this. I'm not yelling. Yeah, no, no. I, but I, I think that's. Perfect. I just saw. I just saw a plane that was spurring red gas in the vicinity. I saw some deer, more than fifty. They were coming out of the woods. Please, please. <laughs> I need to go home, sir. A military plane appeared and fled. There's no one around. Is it a chemical attack? You said then, all of that. Yeah, That's she important. said. Hey, That's and she said, she important. said, uh, she said something about. She said, I saw, I saw a plane in the air, just nosedive. <laughs> now check this, so check this. So with yeah. all of that, I mean, even with the first part, you said, I'm gonna pause right there, and I want to go back to the beginning. That's the reason why I'm telling you, I felt so strong, and I couldn't put my feelings in one side or the other. Mm-hmm. I loved mm-hmm. it and I hated it. That's the reason why right there. The director purposely on Netflix did not put no translations in that caption. Yep. Yep. Purposely. So you could. So So real quick, let me jump in here. So the work that I do, it's all about serving underserved. That's what we do. We serve the underserved. And I had been preaching, hey, hey, because there's one thing that's the actual fact. Poverty ain't racist. Poverty ain't got no friends, ain't got no feelings. It don't care who you are. If it, if it come for you and get you, it's just going to get you, right? And I realized as I'm looking around the building, like, bruh, we have no signage in Spanish. We have no signage in, signage in Kurdish, African, Asian, any of these dialects where Nashville has heavy population. How in the world am I getting out here talking this talk? But I couldn't do nothing for you if I tried because I can't understand you. So to your point, when I saw that, I didn't know that. Th- Obviously, they don't nor- actually put the caption up there for you. But Brent, I'm so glad you did what you did because I hadn't even thought about going back to watch just to I see told what you. I had did. a surprise, bro. I, told you you. I love it too. That's that might be the dopest finding of all of this because that fact right there, there's an instant guilt you feel when you can't understand, but you can see the pain on somebody's yeah. face. Yeah. That and what right makes there. it worse is when you don't even try to figure out how can I figure this out? So when we saw to the point we've been making all day, when we saw GH and Ruth and how receptive Clay was to them, mm-hmm. even though they were different, but he could understand them. Yeah. The minute I can't understand you, you become the boogeyman. So it goes right back to what I said at the beginning. To that what and happened technology. Her? Right, yes. so because you can pull out Google Translate really quickly if you got the phone. Exactly. Now I don't have nothing. Nah, yeah, and that's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, why he pull out his phone? And I was like, oh wait, yeah, he ain't got no internet. He can't do his phone's a brick. Can't do it's anything. a paperweight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, go girl couldn't even watch Friends. So I mean, I mean, it's just so many elements of when you think about fear, anxiety, and then 
like you said, Brent, human response to a crisis. Um, and even Joe, you called it out with crisis management or conflict management. Um, I think that this was a great discussion, but I know that, you know, we do have so much more to talk about with all of that being said, if y'all wanted to like, you know, leave this session off with, with just a thought that you may have had that, you know, because we had so many, uh, bouncing back and forth, we weren't able to really, uh, get to, I'm going to give y'all the floor and let y'all do it. B, what you got? You want to jump in or you want me to jump in? Jump in because I got something I want to ask. Want to get my notes in. All right, cool. I'm, I'm listening, but I want to get my mind right real quick. Cool. So I'll say this, um, Dwayne. You're right. There's a lot to uncover in this movie, and I think it it is a great conversation starter, finisher. <laughs> what I would love to jump into next is something Brent you talked about earlier. There's two sides to this. There was the clear and obvious. I don't necessarily want to just be all the way out there call it sexual attraction, but the obvious attraction that took place randomly with G8 and Amanda. And then whatever that was that was going on with Ruth and Clay. I would really like to unpack both of those two things. Um, because Dwayne, you said it earlier. I know a lot of Karens who would go for a GH. I also know a lot of Ruth's who have this weird thing about older white men. I've heard it with my own two ears. It's something about this is the guilty pleasure. So I would love, we always try to make it about, you know, the hypersexual or oversexualized black and black men and women, but it's also done on the other side. So I want to be able to kind of jump and talk about those things. So that, that's all I got. I love everything we talked about today though. My, I'm a, let me go and then, Brent, I want you to close this out, okay? Mine is okay. real quick. All right, we talked about Archie. We also talked about Clay and how their similarities based off of who Amanda is and their family. Mm -hmm. And we also talked about Ruth and how it could be seen as disrespectful the way that she communicated with GH. What we didn't talk about because we don't know is because the director specifically had GH's wife away. How was the wife and GH's relationship? Because that could really be a key factor in how Ruth is. It was an amazing relationship. Oh, wait, 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 please. I, 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 oh my God, I'm so sorry because I don't want to extend the conversation longer. But I'm going to say this. And I think you brothers will agree with this. GH told a very, very detailed story about hanging out with his buddy, getting drunk, sending his wife home in a cab. I don't know too many brothers. When I say brothers, let me let me broaden that. I don't know too many men that are going to be like, honey, I'm busy getting drunk. I'm having a good time. You go and jump in this cab. I'm here. I'm, I'm partying. I'm at. I'll deal with you. I don't know too many. So I don't think we're talking. I'm looking at it like maybe GH is the Amanda in that relationship. But that's just me. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to burst your bubble, but uh, in the book, there is no Ruth. Okay. There's a GH and his wife that come to the house. So they're happily married. 
Just FYI. So uh, you can go ahead and burst that bubble. They are happily married. All right. Can't do that. that ain't gonna in the right. Based off of the book, was and I'm just asking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I still want you to get to your point. Please don't go just, into oh, it. Yeah. We can I know. Into I'm another not, time. I'm not. Yeah. Is the the wife act like Ruth? Based off. So yeah. have you got to that point? I haven't. I haven't gotten to that okay. point yet of like her relationship with Amanda okay. and how they're. But I'll, I'll let you guys know. When I, get I was to just that. wondering I, if the personality. I, honestly, no, no. I'll, I'll get to it once I. I'll let you know when I finish it up. So, hey, Brent, um, Before before yeah, you start. Yeah. Did you, you did you pick up that book after you watched the movie? Yeah, yeah. I hate that too. It pisses me off. I hate it because I, yeah. I always find the books are better. You know, absolutely. I, I think there's been there was. I mean, me and my girl had a conversation. I think there was one book that I read before watching a movie, and the movie was better than the book. I can't remember what it was. Okay. It was some fantasy thing that they made a movie of, and it was actually better. But um, Sorry, yeah. So yeah, I just got into the book. Um, I just downloaded it on Audible. And uh, I started listening to it today. Um, so I read, I read a synopsis, and then I started, you know, what I'm saying, listening, listening to it. So I'm very early in the stages of it. Um, so I'm gonna start off real quick with uh, Rose, the one, one, the one person we really didn't touch on. Um, and because this is the closing part, I'm just gonna close and say that when we come into this next one, I'm gonna hit on Rose because I think a lot of people had a lot, a lot of emotions and feelings towards her, which I did. But after watching it the second time and starting to watch it the third time that's season when i can't understand exactly what she's saying even though i know what she's saying i think the young actress did a actress phenomenal a phenomenal job and i think her character is really a i think um the director uh salim i can't remember my butcher's name he did a wonderful job with the casting of her and of this the storytelling from her viewpoint because it's 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 truly tie it to your kids now yep and 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 look how powerful it is look who survived look who initially survives guaranteed you know you know i'll tell you now the director said they all they all survived everybody who's out on the internet saying oh she's the only one that, that survived no they all the timers they all knew to get back to the bunker they knew that that was the place they needed to go to they would have made it back there that's and that's what the director and the author who I want that's the second part of my thing I wanted to give a shout out to his name is Ruman Alam hear that name again y'all the movie that y'all love the book this is from a book which came out in 2020 and during the pandemic this movie was also produced by Michelle and Barack Obama which we I don't think we've touched on um the 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 author of this book is Ruman Alam. He is a American writer, and that's and that's what I'm gonna leave this conversation. Do you see that face you make? I want you to take that face no, no, and, no, no, wipe, no. and wipe it's it. Nope, 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 nope. You talking about? You talking about me? I want both of y'all to take your the same face you're making right now. I didn't make it, and I was proud of myself. I saw his face. I read the name. I looked up. I looked up the book. I saw the author. I said, I'm downloading this book. I liked, I loved the movie. I, I saw his name. I saw where he was from. And I was happy. It didn't say anything else, else except for American author. And that's what it should say. There's okay. nothing else. Ruman Alam. That's not the part that I wanted to touch on. I just wanted to make sure that 
you underline one piece and I want to make sure that I'm clear and yeah. anyone listening is clear as to, clear too. Mm-hmm. When we talked about a movie, you told me about the Obamas in a movie, but then you said something else about the Obamas here. Is this the yeah, same movie? It's the same movie. They they mm-hmm. they produced this movie. Obama had um, key key notes that were tied in to adapt the book into this movie. Barack okay. and Michelle Obama. So that's when we talked that. about the so the social norms and the and the realistic impact. The the those things are are real in this in this case. Like a lot of the ideas and this is I mean yeah look it up online man it's, it's a whole I'm sure there'll be a documentary about this pretty soon. Yeah. Eventually, so, I apologize. I do have one last quick story. So May of 20, 2010, here in Nashville, Tennessee, I believe, 2010, 2011, correct me if I'm wrong here, Dwayne, uh, Brent, um, we had a major flood, major, yes. major flood here in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. That morning, I was coaching AAU, getting ready to go out. I went out to my back patio that morning. It's probably 6 a.m., Guess what was just standing out there randomly? Big ass deer. About four of them. And when I say standing out there, we've seen deer graze and kind of just chill. I'm talking about literally just standing. So the minute I saw them deer in the movie the first time, I said, deer animals will always tell you when something's up. I can attest to that firsthand. Mm -hmm. I witnessed it that day. Hours later, the city was underwater. Yeah. You start seeing like animals leaving a certain area. It's, it's, something's going on. Something abnormal. They have that level of instinct. I, I I attested to like, you ever had somebody who like really messed up their knee real bad and they always tingle them. Man, about to rain, man. About to rain, bro. And it rain. It's just a, it's something that you'll, I mean, it's a sixth sense. We can't, we don't understand what it means, you know, but animals have it. We, we've known that for years migration patterns you know what i'm saying you've seen it with fear you know what i'm saying like animal one one of the most fearful dogs in the world be sitting there barking this and it, it's a cower and some something is different you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah that that was that's a good point bro and that's scary like when you start seeing stuff like that change man you know something's wrong time to get out of dodge i saw a white uh, albino cow behind my man house one time i thought he was lying true story bro this dude named james i don't really kick with him that much no more james if you hear this no disrespect we don't really kick it like that but one day i was like he drink a lot and he was like yeah, man, i saw an albino cow behind the, behind the house i was like bro we live in a rural ass area what's is that rural yes we the city man we you know what I'm saying no damn cows out here bro ain't no farmland out here on the news later, there was an albino cow in Beaver Creek, Ohio. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, I mean, shit happens, bro. Like, when animals start migrating and moving around, like, something, something, something's off. Time to move out of, out of Dodge. So, it's what it is, man. It was a wonderful, wonderful movie. Great conversation. I think we learned a lot today. Yeah, and I can't sure. wait to get into part two because when I get into Rose-ass, pause. Ooh. Oh, well, my God. It's not a pause, but it's a no, pedal. No, it's pedal. It's pedal. Yeah, that's, that's like, uh, I like yeah, a pedipod. A Yeah, Hey, that's a new one right there. Hey, the first. Hey, real talk, bro. That's gonna be you a new thing. Yeah, people be saying some ransom shit to suspect. How do you? Yeah. What do you say? Pedipod. Hey, real quick, last thing. Have you guys heard of a TV show? It's probably about four years old, four or five years old now, called The Zoo. 
I heard of a movie called no, I, I bought a zoo. I ain't never heard of a show called The Zoo. So real quick, the show The Zoo is about what those deers did. Something happened where animals started to develop cognitive abilities. Oh hell! No. And they started to band together to fight against the number one apex predator. Who that? Check it out. Oh, you know who it is? Yeah, Caucasian male. Nah, they hey, look here. Us, man. <laughs> hey, nah, bro. Look here. I don't even camouflage. I'm vegan, bro. I'm they vegan. Camouflage. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so we hey, look, hey, they look like us. Out. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm vegan, bro. I'm telling you right now. Hey, leave me alone. I don't even drink milk no more, bro. Let me live. Please. No, but, Check that uh, out. Overall, if y'all get man, a chance, check that out. For sure. For sure. I will yeah, say yeah, this, man. I, overall, man, this was a great discussion. I definitely learned a lot. And, um, Based off of this discussion, we'll see how it does. But I'm, I'm already thinking that we are on to something here by taking these moves. Man, nobody, man, don't, don't steal our stuff, man. I'm sure ain't nobody doing this, especially when it comes to your, their own development. Don't steal yeah. our stuff. But that's what we're going to yeah. do. Like, on top of the other topics and how we take things and then apply it to real life, I do feel like it's a great opportunity for us to do that and then just uh, see where it fits in the wonderful worlds of you know, between our, our real two eyes and not just uh, the four walls that the, the movies kind of show. So so from uh, Brent, Dwayne, and Joe, YOD Podcast, this is not the Midnight Madness Edition. Come in, check in for Friday's Midnight Madness Edition. We're going to do that with some bet lines for the weekend. Uh, we signing off. Talk to y'all later. Thanks. Reach out to us and tell us what you enjoyed about the episode or what you felt like you disagreed with the episode as well. We'll have all that information in the show notes. And please share the podcast with your friends and family, friends of family and family of friends, because there's not too many things better than the community developing together. Remember, your life only gets better when you do. Work on yourself first and the rest will follow. Let that be a testament to your own development. See you next time.